harvest. And so if we're talking about acceleration, we got to go to my favorite scripture here, John 2. If you turn to John 2, uh, the story of the wedding at Cana, this this story, you could read this story every day for three weeks and still get something. It's so good. So John chapter two, I'll give you all a second to turn there. I'm reading in the, uh, the Amplified Classic. For the people back there. Um, so John two verse one says, on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana of Galilee. And so just a little snippet here, third day. If you think about it, we're in the spiritual third day right now because God said that one, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord. So the year 2000 marked, marked the end of like the spiritual second day. So we're in like the spiritual third day. We're in like the final times. We're in the last day. So on the third day, Jesus, it says he invited the disciples to the wedding. When all the wine was gone, Jesus said to him, they have no more, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no more wine. And so it's important to understand about this story. Jesus didn't turn mediocre wine into better wine. There was no wine. There was nothing to work with. God doesn't need you to give him anything to work with. God is more than capable to take nothing and make it into something great. So the wine was all gone, AKA in the natural, it was totally hopeless. There's nothing to work with. It's like, it's totally looks dead in the natural. There is no wine left. And so verse five, his mother says to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Verse six, now there were six water pots of stone standing there as the Jewish custom of purification demanded, holding 20 to 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, to the servants, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them to the brim. And so this is, I wanna pause right here because I have a whole chapter in my book about the wisdom of God. So I don't have time to get into all that, but it's very important that, you understand if you're gonna walk in the glory of God, if you're gonna walk in the supernatural, see all that God has for you, you have to operate by God's wisdom. And it's always gonna be totally foolish in the natural. What God tells you to do usually makes no sense. So these dudes, I mean, they, they, he was like, fill it up with water. Why would we do that? But it's so important that we, I mean, especially this year, we've heard lots of talk about wisdom, but you have to understand God's wisdom. If, if your wisdom matches the world, it's probably not God's. God's wisdom is always opposite and it shouldn't make sense in the natural. It, the, the wisdom of God comes from the voice of God. It's not drawn from outside circumstance. It's drawn from the voice of God. And so, so they, they, they did it. They filled the water pots to the brim. And he said in verse eight, draw some out now and take it to the manager of the feast. So they took him some. And when the manager tasted the water, just now turned into wine. So that means if you think about wine, it takes like 20 to 30 years to make really good wine. Because if you think you have to sow the seed, you have to grow a grape vine, you have to harvest the grapes, then you have to smush the grapes and you have to let it age for like 20 years. So what Jesus did right here was literally compressed 20 to 30 years into one moment of time. That's awesome. You gotta know that God can do for you in one moment of time what you couldn't do for yourself in a lifetime. When Jesus comes on the scene, all things are possible to him that believes. There's nothing impossible when he steps on the scene. Jesus can manipulate time for you. Jesus right here, this is his first miracle. He showed that he is the Lord of time. He will manipulate time in your favor. He will restore time that you feel like you lost. He'll accelerate time. Maybe you're, you're believing God for something. Let me tell you, don't make plans for your miracle to take a long time. Don't make plans for the thing you're believing God for to take years. Jesus is coming soon and he's here. When you receive his word, he can compress. 20 to 30 years, compressed into one moment of time. He made the best wine from, there was no wine. There was no, he didn't even use what they had from water. 
That's awesome. And so what's great, this gets even better. It says, so just now turned into wine and it says the manager, he didn't know where it came from, but the servants who drew the water knew where it came from. So, so this is very powerful. This reminds me of that scripture in 1 Corinthians 2. It says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what has never entered in the heart of man, that's what God has prepared for those who love them. But to you, it's revealed by the spirit of God. So you're gonna know exactly where that thing came from. You're gonna know exactly where that miracle came from because you already had an inward revelation. You already saw with the eyes of your spirit what was coming. But to everyone around you, they're gonna be like, where did that come from? And then they're gonna be forced to ask you about the God that you serve. That's awesome. So they knew exactly where it came from. Why? Because they were the ones operating by the wisdom of God. They did exactly what the Lord told them to do. So they knew it was Jesus who got all the glory. And so in verse 11, it says, this, this, the first of his signs, Jesus performed in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. This was the first way he chose to manifest his glory was by accelerating, by accelerating things. So this was a manifestation of his glory, of his goodness. They didn't need wine. This was the overabundant, obnoxious goodness of God made manifest in one moment of time. And so it says, and his disciples believed in him. And I thought that was interesting because it's like, oh, well, they're the disciples. Didn't they already believe in him? But the things that are about to take place in the body of Christ are gonna give you new grounds for believing. I'm talking about new grounds for believing. You know, God can even exceed your own faith. I mean, like with Courtney's testimony, she was believing for like 3% and then she got 25%. That's new grounds for believing God. That's like, okay, I'm stepping into a new realm. They, the disciples, so the disciples believed in him even more when they saw the glory that he manifested by that, that acceleration, by that supernatural provision. And so the speed of what's gonna take place in the body of Christ is gonna add to its supernatural nature and ensures that no man will be able to take credit for what's about to happen. Not even ministers, nobody is gonna be able to take credit no, it's not going to be like, oh, because I prayed 46 hours. I mean, yes, we need to pray. We need to seek the Lord. But it's, it's going to be, the, bo the boast will be in God alone and Christ alone. Hallelujah. And so there's a similar story that Ma uh, Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 20. Y'all probably know it. It's, he's talking about sending laborers into the field. And what's so interesting about this story is that he sends them out at different times. Some people worked all day. Some people he sent out at noon. Some people he sent out, you know, in the afternoon. But some people he just sent out for the very last hour. And they received the same wages in that one hour that took the other people all day long. So that's for us. We're the final hour church. So we're literally stepping into something that generations past have sowed and we're coming in to reap the harvest. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's really awesome because I mean, that, that's like, oh, it's just too good. It's too good. We, we're going to receive, even if you think about it, with our smartphones. What took Kenneth Hagin like 40 years to, to get revelation from God. You can listen to it in like three weeks on your iPhone and digest it all. So that's how God's doing it. He's pumping revelation from every generation's past. We have it in the palm of our hand. That's like awesome. That's what gives me so much confidence too, that we're stepping into the things that they've labored for. You will reap where you did not even sow because of the people that have gone before us. That's awesome. Hallelujah. And so, you know, there's grace available in this time to move faster than ever, to do more than ever. But you know, it's to the humble. The Bible says that God gives more grace to the humble. 
So he's looking for people who will realize it's not because of me, it's not because of what I've done, but because of what you want accomplished in the earth and humble themselves. And that's why I think it's so important to, to talk about this. That's why I wrote the book, because if people know what's available, you can't step into something that you don't really know is available. So, so it's important to understand that there is a special grace, a sovereign grace that's available in this hour to accomplish God's, God's purpose, God's plan, to beautify the church, to bring the church into the full stature of Christ before Jesus returns. And so that's why as we humble ourselves before God, that's the people who are gonna be stepping into it. It's not the people who have like necessarily been in church forever. It's the people who are humble enough to realize it has nothing to do with me. It's all him. Hallelujah. And so this is one of the main things. So the Bible says, so the Amos 9, 13, it says that the plowman will overtake the reaper. So an accelerated harvest is what we're talking about. So I think most people, their initial thought when it comes to an accelerated harvest is talking about like souls, which is definitely a part of it. You know, the only reason Jesus hasn't come back yet is because he's being patient, not willing that any perish, but that all come into repentance. So there is definitely a huge part of it that's gonna be talking about the harvest of souls. But the, the scripture that the Lord I mean, when the, the Lord put this scripture in me, this is kind of what like sparked the whole book is Galatians 6, 8. He who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life. And so we're talking about what I really, the, the main parts of my book is about an accelerated harvest of the life of God. And so eternal life is not just something that's in heaven. When, when the Bible says eternal life, it's that Greek word Zoe, which Pastor Sandy has preached on before, the Zoe life of God, it's talking about a heavenly quality of life. So when you get saved, we're operating with a life that's of an age to come. Even though we're here in this present age, we're here in this earth, there's a life in us that's of a different realm, of a different age, of the age to come. But that's operating in us. Jesus said, I came that you might have life, Zoe life in abundance. So we have a heavenly kind of life, but it all comes by this sowing to the spirit. So as you sow to the spirit, in this hour, there is, God is accelerating the flow of his, his resurrection life to lift his people, to lift his people up, to reign as kings, to be lifted into the full stature of Christ. And so our response to that, obviously, we sow to the spirit. By the grace of God, we're, we're gonna begin to sow to the spirit. And that's when the accelerated flow of, of, of God's life comes. And what if you think about it, the plowman shall overtake the reaper. That must mean that there, there is a supernatural flow of the life of God flowing through the vine. We're connected to the vine. We're connected to Jesus. But what he's talking about is there is like a supernatural, like, ooh, big, big thing of the life of God being, being pumped into his people to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And so the Bible says um, in Psalm 27, 13, David, David talks about this. He says, I, uh, he says what, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? So in the land of the living, when you're planted in the land of the living, that means that God's life is flowing through you. And when God's life is flowing through you, you have a guarantee that you're gonna see the goodness of God all around you. When you're hooked up to the life flow of Jesus, it's not possible that you won't. And so this is part of redemption. So part, Jesus, the Bible says in Galatians 3.13 that Christ redeemed us from all the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. And so part of the, it's important to know what you're redeemed from. Part of the curse, I'm gonna read this to y'all in Deuteronomy 28.66. So this is something that you're redeemed from. 
This is your redemptive right to be redeemed from this. Deuteronomy 28, 66. It says, your life shall hang in doubt before you. You shall fear day and night and have no assurance of life. So that means that through Christ, our life, we have an assurance of the life of God. You have an assurance that you are hooked up to the life of God and that nothing can detach you. You have to understand that God is holding on to you. His life flowing through you is guaranteeing that you are, you are being perfected, that you're being brought into the glorious, the glorious person that God has for you. And so it says in Amos 9, 15, right after that, Amos 9, 13, he says, still prophesying about the acceleration. He says, I will firmly plant them in their own land. They will never again be uprooted from the land that I have given them. That means that you should have total confidence. That should flood you with an expectation. You will never be uprooted. When God plants you in the land of the living and hooks you up to the life of Jesus, you gotta know that you can have full assurance to experience the abundant life of God in your health, in your finances, in your family, in your career, in every area of life because of what Christ has done. He says, you will never be uprooted. God has planted you and you shall never be uprooted in the name of Jesus. And so I have a whole chapter in here too on sowing and reaping. So if we're going to reap this life of God, we're obviously going to be sowing to the spirit. So I don't have time to get into that whole chapter, but basically just like a a highlight is, so if you're going to reap the supernatural life of God, if you're going to reap the the heavenly kind of life, that means you got to sow your natural life. The Bible said, you know, Jesus said, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So it's sowing your own life. But let me tell you, that kind of sounds like overwhelming, but it's a work of the Holy Spirit because the more you get a glimpse, the more you get a glimpse of the life that Christ offers you, it's very easy, very easy to lay down your life. And that's my testimony. I never really tried to like be extra holy or whatever, but the more I got a glimpse the more I got a glimpse of what was mine in Christ, it drove out every other desire. It's like, how can I not? How can I not offer my life as a living sacrifice to let this life flow through me? Because you understand that it's better than anything you could do for yourself. It's way better. And religion tries to tell people like, oh, you're giving up whatever so that you can like live for God. No, you don't give up. And you really, you've gained everything. Whatever I gave up is garbage compared to what I've received in Christ. And you know, that's why the apostle Paul said in Philippians, three. For Christ's sake, I've lost everything, but I counted all as garbage. Why? Because he saw Christ. He saw the glory of Jesus. He saw the life that was provided for him in Christ. So he was like, yeah, I lost everything, but it's all garbage anyway, compared to what I've received in Christ. He said, it's a pr- the, there's nothing that can compare to the priceless privilege and the supreme advantage of knowing Christ as my Lord and Savior. And when you get a glimpse of that, man, it's easy to sow your life. It's not even easy. It's not even hard to surrender your life. Man, I've laid down some stuff, but it's so easy. It's by the grace of God. There's that story. I wasn't going to get into it, but there's a story of the rich young ruler that that Jesus talks about. And he tells him to go sell all his stuff. And he's like, goes away sad because he feels like he can't. And his disciple, the the reason is because he was trying to reach Jesus through the law. But when you're under grace, when you come under grace and you first receive the grace of God, it's easy. It's easy to give up everything because the grace of God is what does it. It's not your own striving. It's not your own efforts. Like, oh man, it's really sad for me to give up everything. It's the grace of God that will empower you to do it. That's why it says from God is everything and to him is everything. Because it's like, we're receiving the grace of God and by the grace of God, I am what I am. And then it's all for him. It's all for his glory. It starts with him and ends with him. He's the beginning. He's the end. 
hallelujah. And so part of the life of God, so when the life, the resurrection life of God is exerted in you, one thing it's gonna cause you to do is reign as a king. So Romans 5, 17 says much more, those who receive the grace of God and the free gift of, of, of righteousness will reign as kings in life. That, that's word Zoe life. So you're gonna reign as a king through the resurrection life, through the God kind of life operating in you is, is actually the power that lifts you up out from under the reign of sin, the reign of death, the reign of the dominion of darkness. That life exerted in you is lifting you up from one degree of glory to the next to reign as a king in this life. And you know, kings have authority. So that's a big part of it. When the life of God's operating in you, you have authority. You have authority to, to, to command the goodness of God in your life. We don't just accept whatever life throws our way. That's why we have to open up our mouth, use our authority, use our authority to release your expectation. If Christ living in you is flooding you with an expectation of glory, we have an obligation to open up our mouth and release our expectation. That's what it means to reign as a king. God has given us all authority to open up our mouth, to declare what we expect. The Bible says you shall decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you. That's what it means to reign as a king in life. And you know, I think really with this, I feel like many people, it's hard for them to make those bold declarations. You know, I, I'm around a lot of church people, so I feel like I like know. I mean, it, it's hard for people to get those kind of crazy, bold faith confessions like, man, I'm never gonna be sick one day in my life. How can you say that? Because the word is more real to me than people's experiences. That's, that's what causes you to be able to say it. When God's word is more real to you than your neighbor's experience, that's when, that's when you're gonna be flooded with that expectation because people always have a reason why they feel like they can't expect God to do this, why they can't, because they see somebody else, maybe they're even a Christian and it didn't work out for them, but you gotta make up your mind. If the word is gonna work for anybody, the word's gonna work for me. That's why it's like, I, my life is not dependent upon what other people have experienced. Even testimonies, good or bad, my life is on, is on this, built on this built on this. This is the foundation for my life. That's why you have to block out the natural realm, block out other people's experiences. I don't care what happened to anybody else. This is my reality and I'm going to have it. And that's what causes you to be able to make those bold confessions of what belongs to you in Christ. Not to, the natural realm has to be dead to you. There's a scripture in, I think it's in the TPT version. Paul said, this natural realm is dead to me because when you're so flooded with the word of God, Man, it's like you hear on the news fear, you hear your family talking fear, but it's like when I hear that kind of stuff, it's like there's a voice on the inside of me that resonates so much louder than every other voice. And that's the word of God. The rhema word of God has to resonate so much louder in you than every other voice, than everything in the natural realm. And when the natural realm loses its hold on you, that's when you, you will see the glory of God in your life. And so reigning in life as a, as a king, that's part of reaping the Zoe life of God. And so I was, as I was studying the, the, the life of God or the flow of God's life, um, the scripture that came to my mind was in Revelation 22. It's, y'all can turn there if you want. Um, Revelation 22 verse one, John is having a vision. John is having a vision of the, the river of God. The Bible says that there is a river that flows out from the throne of God. And it says that it's waters of life, Zoe life. So, so just envision that God is sitting on the throne. 
next to Jesus and out from them is flowing a river of the waters of the Zoe life of God. There is constantly flowing from God to you, to his people, a flow of the life of God to, to, to lift you, to set you free, to bring you higher, to transform you from one degree of glory to the next. So that's what we're hooked up to. And that's why John chapter seven, you know, Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his belly will flow rivers of living water, rivers of life. So as we're receiving the life of God from him, he, that is flowing out of us. It's flowing out of us. So not only are we receiving, but it's affecting everywhere we go. The life of God goes and it's affecting everything. It's affecting everything. And so, you, you know, what I was thinking about was, so we're talking about the, ma the magnitude of the flow and, and the acceleration. So I was asking the Lord, because I was, I was meditating on the fact that, you know, the double portion, I felt like the double portion was going to be something that's for the people of God in this hour. And so I was asking the Lord, you know, how, how does this connect with like the flow of life and, you know, whatever. And I felt the Lord like inwardly, not like audible, tell me, you know, Ezekiel 47. And so when I found this scripture, oh, it was like I hit gold. So Ezekiel 47, Ezekiel 47, some of y'all probably read it. Basically what it is, is Ezekiel is having a vision of, you know, the river that flows out from the temple of God. We are the temple of God. So he's having a vision of this river that's flowing out from God's temple, which is, which is you and which is me. And so it says in verse nine, it says in verse nine, wherever the double river shall go, every living creature which swarms shall live and there shall be a very great number of fish because these waters go there that the waters of the sea may be healed and made fresh and everything shall live wherever the river goes. And so notice there it says the double river. We're talking about a double portion of the flow of God's life flowing to you and flowing out of you so that everywhere you go everything shall live wherever you go because out of your belly is flowing rivers of life rivers of living water and it's the person of the holy spirit it's a it's a double river what he's talking about here is literally a double portion flowing out from god the father and god the son in the person of the holy spirit and so just think about it. You know, God created rivers to be a picture of what already exists in the spiritual realm. So God created, like, think about the Mississippi River, that he created that to reflect what we're talking about. So just think about if the Mississippi River all of a sudden doubled in proportion and doubled in speed. Think about the effects that it would have on everything around it if the river literally doubled in speed and doubled in magnitude. Something's gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? So that river is literally a picture. God put, those, put, God put rivers there so that we could have a glimpse. Just have a glimpse to understand the great power that's flowing out from him to us. And so that means, man, wherever you go, there is a river of life. That life flowing out of you will affect your family. It will affect your health. It will affect every person around you, your career, your finances. What I'm talking about is not just for church. It's not just spiritual. It affects every single aspect of your life, your joy, your peace, your family life, your career. It touches every single aspect of life. It's not just for church. If the earth is going to see the glory of God, it has to be something that's not just in here. We get the inward revelation in here, but out there, it should be manifest in every single aspect of life. Every single aspect of life. 
Hallelujah, the double river. And so that made me think of obviously the double portion um, in 2 Kings, um, the story of Elijah and Elisha. And so what's so interesting about this story is um, basically there's a prerequisite that Elijah, well, Elisha, so if you don't know the story, Elisha asks Elijah, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me before, before God takes you up. So he was hungry. He was hungry and he said, I'm not leaving you till I get a double portion of your spirit. But notice that there was a prerequisite. Elijah answered him and said, you've asked a hard thing, but if you see me when I go up, then you'll have it. So the prerequisite is that you see Christ. Elijah was a type of Christ. He said, so we're receiving the double portion. Jesus said, you'll do greater works than these because I go into the father. So because Jesus went up, He's now thrown his double portion mantle onto his people to do greater works. And so that's that prerequisite. If you see me, if you see me. And so that's, I mean, that's the really real question. Have you seen Christ for yourself? Have you seen him for yourself? Because I mean, you can sit in church and you can rely on other people's revelation for only so long. Every single person, every single believer has to have a moment where they have a revelation of who Christ is, of his glory, that when you see him in his glory, you'll never be the same. And when you see him, something comes on your life. There's a power that comes on your life that changes everything. It's that mantle. It's to be clothed with power, to be clothed with power from on high. And so I can never talk about this story without thinking about blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus is like, is the perfect example of this because he was desperate to see Jesus. He heard and he heard and he heard. He heard people's testimonies, but he was blind. There was what you could say, a veil covering his eyes. The Holy Spirit is the one that will take the veil off. But so his eyes were veiled and it says that he cried out. He cried, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people were like, shut up. You know, that's what the distractions of the world are trying to choke out the cry of hunger from the people of God, trying to get you distracted, trying to get you all whatever, worried about politics, all this kind of whatever's going on in the world. The devil is trying to distract you and shut up your cry of hunger that you would see Christ. Even if you've had a revelation of Christ, it never ends. The unveiling of Christ within is continual until we see him with our natural eye. And so that's blind Bartimaeus. When, and that's, that's what we have to do when distractions try to come. Ooh, it's just got to put something in you to cry out louder. Son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. If anybody's going to see Jesus today, it's going to be me. He was not, he was not about to quit. He was not about to back down because of what people were saying. He cried out all the louder. And the Bible says that, that Jesus brought him to him. And it says that he, he healed him. His eyes were open. But you know, before, before Jesus called him, it says that he threw off his cloak. So he was wearing a cloak that signified his old way of life, that signified the fact that he was blind, the fact that, you know, he was a beggar. So he threw off what you would consider his natural life, his natural identity. When you throw off the old, when you sow your life, when you get rid of it, you lay it down, you surrender it, and you throw it off, and you see Christ, you receive a new cloak. You receive a new mantle. It's the double portion power of Almighty God that comes upon your life. And when that comes upon your life, nothing is impossible for you. Because we can see this here, but we got to have power to walk this out. The Bible says to as many as did receive the word of God, to them he gives power to become. So that power is what's going to cause you to become, to be raised up into the full stature of Christ, to reflect the glory of God in the most astounding way. That's our portion. 
That's our, when we receive that double portion, it's to take us higher. And ultimately all of this is, to, is for the harvest of souls. And, and I'll close with this, but you know, ultimately it's, the Bible says that it's the goodness of God that's gonna draw people to repentance. So when people see God's goodness manifest in your life, but because of his power in your life, when they see the goodness of God on your life, that's what's gonna bring many to repentance because it's gonna take place outside the church. We have the Christians in the church and that's awesome. But it, it, when people see the goodness of God, when the people of your workplace see, man, she never gets sick. When people hear your testimony of how, the Courtney's testimony about the job, when people hear your testimony out there, God's goodness is what's gonna bring people to repentance. And ultimately, that's what Jesus is after. His heart is for souls. But his heart is to bring us into the full stature of Christ so that we can reflect his goodness to the world. Because they can't see it. They're not hearing. You know, they're not having revelation from God's word. All they have to look at is us. And if we're defeated, if we're bound up, what kind of testimony is that of the glory of God? We're called to be free, to walk in all that Christ has for us. And you know, that's why I really believe in this hour, it literally is gonna be exceedingly abundantly above anything. Why? Because it's according to the power. It's according, it's in proportion to the power that's working in you. And as you understand that there's a double portion of power waiting for you to take it, then, then that's it. You will, ex you will see the exceedingly abundantly above anything you dreamt up, above anything you prayed for. And that's when God is gonna be glorified. Hey guys, this is Victoria. I just wanna say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.